What an opportunity. This is the Outside Gate with Steve Hall on the L4 Media Network, where we're talking US moto and anywhere the conversation goes. With us today is a young man with a, uh, a hell of a story to tell, and uh, and his dad. It's uh, Jack Nunn and Mick Nunn. How are you? Good. How are you, Steve? G'day, Steve. Thanks for having us. Oh, I'm very good, man. Very good to be talking to you guys. So... Um, for those that don't know, uh, you know, they probably particularly the um, US listeners won't know who Jack is. So the CR85 Cup, um, which you might know uh, is the one that Chad Reed organised or, or helped, supported uh, for the Aussie Supercross. Uh, Jack won the first round, uh, podiumed in Melbourne, and I think second overall in the series. Is that right, Jack? Yeah, second overall in the series. So just heaps those. Yeah, yeah, I'll bet. And also, um, Jack is about to uh, embark on an adventure to uh, move to the United States and uh, be part of Orange Brigade, which is um, something, you know, pretty amazing and a pretty cool story to tell. So um, what we might do is uh, just get Jack and and, uh, Mick to uh, just talk a little bit about how that came about. But sort of for a start, so tell us, I guess, a bit about just when um whether it was daniel blair or whoever from orange brigade or, or how did it come about who reached out you know where, how did that opportunity start um well i'm actually not too sure myself that's what <laughs> but um you know daniel's a real nice bloke and um we were looking at over and just like just going to exploring the united states really and um you know, just the training facilities that they have are there are absolutely amazing. So, you know, just want to go over, experience some of that potentially. So um, had a look at all the the compounds and stuff like that um, United States has and we just come across Daniel and seems like a real genuine guy. So just, um, you know, just started getting in contact with him and we've had a couple of phone calls and stuff. So we're hopefully... Um, coming over for the GT Renfrost series. So that'll be heaps cool. Awesome. Awesome. So you were sort of looking for um, looking for training opportunities over there and and um, and then you contacted Daniel. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how yeah. it came about. And you know, yeah. It's an awesome opportunity. It is, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I know I remember him saying about um, you know, he was pumped when you won. Adelaide, you know, he was like, "Oh, that's 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 my guy," you know, that won that race. So, yeah, that's um, that's really cool. And yeah. um, so you're starting over there in well next month, January. Yeah, so, so I think our flight to come over there is we arrive in Dallas January ten, I think, and the first round's January twelve and thirteen. So, yeah, yeah. So you're going to be doing eighty five arena cross over there. Yeah, 85, and I think we're organising a Super Mini as well. So get in the okay. 85 and Super Mini class, so that'll be sick. Yep, yep, yep. And which um, which of the brands are you riding over there? Um, not well, we're pretty sure. sure it's going to be uh, KTM. We're just uh, uh, in that process at the moment to organise bikes. And uh, yep. Daniel, again, has uh, done some... Uh, awesome things for us and created some great opportunities and uh, spoken to some local uh, bike dealers and uh, at this stage it looks like it's going to be a, a KDM 85 yeah and, and one of them will be uh, we're going to super mini for the races just to get some extra gate drops yeah yeah awesome and whereabouts are you going to be living over there so um, you know obviously I'd say yeah um, uh, where is he North Carolina is that where you're going to be based or well, for, for the um, the GT Arena Cross is our first adventure, uh, and that's what yeah. we've been spending most of our recent time planning for. Um, so for that arena, for the Arena Cross, we'll be living on the road. We we only just organised an RV to attend the races. Um, Daniel's organised to be able to get the bikes from the races and to some training tracks for some uh, coaching and training in between racing. And also get the bikes to the next race. Yeah, uh, so that that's the 
um, main focus at the moment, which is a, the, the GT Arena motocross. Um, the ultimate goal is to go and live at uh, Daniel and uh, Jessica Patterson's facility, which is uh, Next Level 101. Yep. And, um, again, we're in, um, uh, I guess, some planning stages. planning stages for that, yeah, and um, that's in South Carolina in um, Gray's Court, I think is the, the suburb. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're... Uh, yeah, lots, lots to do, lots of moving parts and lots to uh, organise. But uh, so at this stage, we're hoping to live at the uh, Next Level 101 facility. Um, if all goes to plan, we can make the move. Yeah. How long ago was it that you sort of first got in contact with, with Daniel? About, um, about two months ago, I think, really. Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit longer. We uh, Jack was lucky enough to... I guess get selected by Motorcycling Australia to to have a crack at the the World Juniors. Yep. Um, we went over there and that was like our first massive uh, event and that was a big eye opener. And coming back from that event, we decided, uh, are we going to put a put the I guess the the right effort into it and uh, look at somewhere to train uh, more than what we we've, we've been doing. And uh, so that's what sort of got the ball rolling and. Um, I do know that I got uh, Daniel's number initially from uh, someone that's been helping us, uh, Baden Blanchett or BBR, which is Blade yep. Blanchett Racing. And through um, his contacts, you know, we got a hold of Daniel and uh, the ball started rolling from there. Awesome, awesome. So it's been a bit of a whirlwind then, hey? It's it's um, it's all coming together pretty quick, <laughs> yeah. That's, um, you know, I guess it's something that you something you would have been probably dreaming about and and you know thinking about for a couple of years though yeah just yeah, it's, it just yeah. you know when you think of motorbikes especially like because um you know obviously racing and stuff like that you just you know on tv you see you know jet lawrence or like all those boys over in ama it's just like you know that's where i want to make it and end up so yeah this opportunity to roll around is just like i said absolutely amazing like I'm so like grateful that this opportunity's come around. So hopefully, like Dad said, this will get the ball rolling, and hopefully, you can hopefully end up um, in the AMA stages. But you know, that's just a pipe dream. So yeah. yeah, yeah, cool, man. Yeah, so you'll be you'll be uh, yeah traveling in the RV, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, RV life. And how long does that series go for? Um, I think it's. Well, it's every weekend for about a month, the ones that we're doing, so the last four rounds. Um, it's like the 12th and 13th and just from there every weekend. So yep. I think we're staying for about 27 nights or 27 days in um, in total. And um, me and Dad are going over there for about um, like for the full month. And I think hopefully we can have plans for um, my mum and my younger brother to come over as well for the last two weeks and, um come experience some um, uh usa life yeah that'll be hard on mum while you're away hey yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Or, or easy steve which depends which way you look at it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well it probably depends i bet sometimes uh yeah sometimes easy sometimes hard hey yeah. Yeah. yeah i always think about you know usually usually when the situation like yours ar arises you know it's uh or whether it's europe or or the states it's usually one parent goes for a start you know because of the, their siblings to look after you know yeah and uh, I, I imagine that'd be um that'd be hard yeah it'd be very hard yeah but um but also um it'd be made easier knowing what a amazing opportunity that you your child's getting so yeah yeah there's yeah. lots to consider and uh it's something that as a family we've had to have a sit down because to do um, any more training than what we're able to get Jack to at the moment, it was uh, potentially splitting the family up even if we stayed in Australia. Um, yeah. Making a move to a different state or a different area to, to try to um, facilitate more training. And uh, at the moment we're not getting Jack on the bike as much as uh, some of the people we're racing and that's just... Yeah. Um, uh, you know the way it is, really. So if you want to be competitive, you just got to train more uh, than what we're currently doing, and that's what sort of got us looking around in the first place. Yeah, yeah. 
So once you're over there, I guess you've got to do uh, get into the like a homeschool program or something like that. Is that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 School year in Australia, so that's obviously five days a week normally taken up with training. So normally yep. just weekend we have to get on the bike as much as possible, really. So yeah. Yeah, which isn't enough, hey, nowadays for for yeah, what you want. Yeah, it's just what you want to achieve. Yeah, you can so. You know, just try and get as much bike time as possible, really. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And then once you're over there, um, you know, I guess, you know, Minios, Loretta's, all these sort of, all the amateur national stuff, is that all goals to get to those as well? Yeah, like obviously um, America's going to have some stiff competition. So even just to qualify for Loretta's, considering that I haven't been over there before, is a massive achievement. But um to be able to get a good result there would be even better. Same as Minio's, just Minio's has also been a bit of a just a dream. Like because um I really like the Supercross style, so um it suits my riding and riding style a bit better. So obviously I would love to go over there and do that. And then Loretta's and all the other series that they have, I guess, would be an amazing experience. Cool, cool. Did you were you at um, you would have been at um, at Wodonga this year? Oh yeah, the real mutter that they had in Dude, Did oh. you bike? Did your bike finish? <laughs> um, it did actually. Um, I'm very surprised, but um, that was a extremely hard race. That was may as well just go swim with the pigs, honestly. But no, oh, I did. I got I got a lot of photos and and a few videos of that. I might have I'm probably I might have some of you. Although we won't be able to tell if it's you because yeah. they're so dirty. But Brown, yeah, yeah, man, I've never I've never seen so many broken bikes in a race though. Yes, I, I was standing there and I'm just I was just feeling sorry for the dads. Honestly, yeah. so, like, like the, the kids, you'll get over that ride, but the dads have got to fix all that. All these yeah. broken 85s just everywhere, you know. And also, like, I reckon that was more broken 450s and 250s, like factory. Probably, well, yeah. Yeah, well, there was one one race we had, um, yeah, like um, three of the front-running 450 guys blew their bikes up, <laughs> you know, like I think there was a second race, wasn't it? it was yeah. Ferris, Tanty and... Sandy and Mossy was it? Yeah, they all they all just disappeared. They almost they almost um all blew up in um in sequence. You know, all 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 at the same time, just about. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was a um an event to remember. That's for sure. I'm glad. I'm glad I was only taking photos. Oh yeah. You couldn't even tell what uh, bike really. It was hard even for. The mums and dads on the side of the track to to work out where their riders were, let alone know what lap they were on and whatever else. And uh, we've got some friends that uh, their bikes broke down, and uh, someone who become good friends with their their uh, son's bike caught on fire. Uh, you know, oh. in those, yeah, it's just amazing. It's just how tough it was on the machinery. Yeah, that was carnage, man. Like uh, we got there on, um, you know, halfway through. Um, over through Saturday and and they were still trying to do something with the track and pushing and slop off it and all this sort of stuff. And I was I like, reckon, um, Wodonga must have jinxed us or something because I reckon the next two races that we did, like big races, like state state titles, was an absolute mutter as well. And just um, all the next races that we did were mutters as well. So it um must have scarred us or jinxed us or something. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was nasty. How how did you wind up in the in the state for for your classes this year? Um, I ended up it was between me and uh, one of my competitors, Seth Thomas. He he won. I did get second, but I was leading. But um, had some bad luck in the I crashed in the first moto um in the last round and ended up getting beat by three points. I think it was, but. Uh. Um, you know, it's a put it in the books for experience. So hopefully, you can get some better results like in the coming years. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, I think the last round was in South, um just what that was. I think it was Coffs Harbour or Port Macquarie or something. But it was um the track was actually really good. So that's always a bonus. Yeah, it was 
one of those, uh, it was a really exciting race actually, Steve, because uh, Jack and Seth end up going in after two races. Uh, they went into the third race of the last round and they were equal points. So it was really just a case of whoever got in front of the other rider, which uh, it was, it made it an exciting event. And um, the people up at Port Macquarie, the, the, um, the guys that run the place are really nice and put on a good show. And the day was a really good event. And uh, yeah, uh, Seth took it out and Jack comes second. Yeah, yeah. Geez, that's, yeah, that, that's high pressure. High pressure for everyone, hey? Yeah. High pressure for dad as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. Cool. And what's your home track up there? I know you're sort of northern New South Wales, but I, I wasn't sure. That's why I asked you because I, I thought today, oh, geez, I hope they're not over the border and they're they're not on um, daylight savings time and then we'll have our times mixed up. And that's, uh, that's why I sent you that message to make sure you're on the New South side. Yeah. I always forget Queensland doesn't do daylight savings. So. Yeah, it's a bit odd, isn't it? But yeah. um, we're, we're about well, – bit below middle we're like on the east coast of australia we're about in the middle of new south wales really or? oh okay i thought you're up up um further up north yeah yeah yeah, yeah I mean, part of the Illawarra, steve okay yeah, yeah yeah so what's your local track what's your most the track you um, ride the most yeah well uh most local track like as in the less drivers um wollongong the motorcycle track that they have there but we um haven't been there for a while, so now is more just been our go-to track. So um, Tyson down there does a good job at prepping the track and um, uh, had some good people come together and built a supercross track down there. And, you know, um, he does the motocross track really good as well. So the track's always a real fun to ride on. So, um, yeah, that's probably my go-to track and most local one. Yeah, that um, that narrow track, I, I follow that. Like I follow just about every motocross thing, you know. I follow that um, the narrow track on uh, on socials, and geez, it looks good. Like yeah, you know, yeah. I've looked yeah. at that sometimes and thought, geez, that's a long drive, but like you know, that that might be a road trip one day to check it out because geez, it looks good. Yeah, it's really good in the morning. Um, yeah, and then it just gets really hot and just dries out a bit, but. Um, the the ruts that you get down there and the some of the corners are gnarly and the jumps are real like good floaters as well so it's a real fun track yeah yeah yeah, yeah. cool man hey we might um just wind it back like my, most guests i'll wind back um sort of just to the to the start so the shortest story for you being uh, that you're still a whippersnapper yourself but um, like first bike, first race, that sort of thing, or or um, even this is a good one from Dad's perspective too, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, tell us about all that. Well, uh, Santa Claus is the reason why um, this career started. So um, he's, Good job, Santa. Yeah, he's taking the blame. <laughs> um, but so my very first bike was a, or like a Chinese 50, like it was um, – or what, like CRF fifty or something like that is um like little four stroke pit uh pit bike and I think I was about five when I got that and um you know just rode around because my um nan and pop had got a farm not too far away from us so went up there and just rode around in circles in the paddock basically but um uh, I think when I was about eight uh, mum and dad got me uh, my first fifty and. I think I did my first race at Nara. It wasn't a proper race because I wasn't like doing gate drops. Yeah. It was like the nippers class. Yeah. Um, but I my I was just too big for that really. So I went straight to the 65 and I think I did my first race at either Wollongong or Nara. And um, I don't think I did too well, but um, it was – I can't quite remember it. it was, I can't remember if it was Wollongong or Nara, but um, I was – yeah, I can't quite remember, but he was, uh, yeah, on a 65. I think it was a KDM, just a second-hand KDM. So, yeah. How did you feel on that, that for that first race, Dad? Uh, oh, nervous like everybody, Steve. Yeah. Um, it was uh, a case of, yeah, Jack just having a, a three or $400 uh, pit bike to start with. And uh, once his mum and I realised he had reasonably good throttle control and he wasn't going to wrap himself around a fence, we just sort of let him ride around. He did heaps of hours on that and then he was just nagging us to have a have a go at racing and 
yeah, we got a second hand 50, then a second hand 65, and we had some problems with that one. And eventually, a local Yamaha dealer helped us jump on a, the new YZ65 when they come out. Um, and then it sort of just took off from there. And before we knew it, we had uh, two bikes, um, and then we had a, a van to get them around as opposed to a box trailer. And uh, yeah, it just sort of it doesn't stop, it just takes over your life and turns into a lifestyle, I think. What's the what's the local shops that's been helping you out like this year? Do you want to give give them a give them a shout out or anything? Like, um, well, the it's in Wollongong, Fraser's Motorcycles. They they helped us out this um, this season um, with Gas Gas, um, and so Gas Gas eighty five and um, but unfortunately they were, they were really helpful. But I think they've lost Gas Gas now, so um, uh, got a go have a look for some another dealer i guess um yeah they were really helpful and um got the got the, always had parts in stock and so they were really really helpful yeah what about other sponsors that have helped you out this year like um well my main one is definitely mossy because um he's my he's my coach and um he just uh, gives me quite a bit of all the training and stuff like that but doesn't expect anything in return so He's a, a huge help for me. Um, you know, um, he's like, you know, we just, we're mates now basically. Like we just go uh, riding together and it's always good fun. And um, uh, Pascal Plumbing Excavations, um, they're like turning into good mates with us as well. So they helped us out this season. And um, I can't quite remember anyone else really. There's a lot more. Center Energy is another one. Um, yeah. they're, they're really good as well. Um, and then MCS is another big one. Um, and then also my gear brand that I wear, Hostile Handwear, um, he was really good to us as well. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah you got to get, got to get the sponsor names out there. Hey, yeah. um, you mentioned Mossy. That was one of my questions. What a, what a man to have in your corner. Hey? Yeah, I know. He's, um, he's amazing. How did that come about? Did you already know him? Like, um, um well, we trained uh with his dad greg moss um he well, i think we started training with him when i was about nine or ten and um he really was the one i feel like that progressed my riding to that next stage and um i don't know i'm not sure what happened between um greg and matt but matt just um come up to mum at a race day i think it was in canberra and just you know is this kid is this that your kid here i was obviously out on the track and it kind of just went from there, really. Um, I think it was 2021 he started helping us, and um, he came to my first race at Wagga. Um, so he's just progressed from there. And now, you know, we're just all, I go riding with him mostly every weekend to go train at Nara or something like that. And he's um, he really is someone special to have in your um, back pocket. Yeah, man. It sounds like Mossy will miss you when you go over to the States, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and fold him, him and his family up into uh, suitcases, Steve, and see if we can get him yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know with Mossy, man. He could end up he could end up racing that arena cross as well. You wouldn't know, would you? He's like, true. He, he pops up racing a different colour bike and a different colour race like anywhere and everywhere, doesn't he? So yeah. Yeah. He'd, he'd probably be a gun in that arena cross, to be honest. Like yeah. Yeah, he'd go, he'd go right, especially with them starts. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a he's a cracker of a starter, that's for sure. Has he got you dialed on the old mossy rolling start or? Um, I'm not much of a roller because I just don't really trust that the gate. But um, yeah. I normally get pretty good starts. Um, just uh, um, in Newcastle and Melbourne, I didn't really put them uh, on the table really, but um, Adelaide, I definitely got a good start there. Yeah, but I guess Newcastle and Melbourne too, you know, like. You know, like um, that's you know the that was all the, the very best of the of Australia there on the yeah. line with you. You know, so that's yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's different different to any other any other time. You know, different to when you're at a state race or or yeah. anything like that. The the guys and you, you certainly weren't you weren't getting bad starts, just not not quite as good as uh, as Adelaide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think of the What do you think of the three tracks? Um. I my favorite was probably Melbourne. Just it's the biggest track that we had. Oh, I think so anyway. And um, the dirt was just real tacky, and um, the rear wheel hooked up real nice. And 
um, I found it a very flowy track. Like once I got all the rhythms dialed and the triple and uh, it was actually a bit of a shame. I wanted to see if I could hit like hit the finish line. Um, but, you know, because it's a metal ramp, they didn't send us 85s over it. So they just kind of did cut off and just went straight back down the start straight yeah. to the first corner. But um, Yeah, I reckon there's probably there's probably five or six years that would have handled that, no worries. Yeah, but, I reckon. But that's the, one, that's the other ones that, that they were worried about. Yeah, in case you got fallen or something. Very, very unforgiving down ramp. <laughs> yes, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. yeah. I like, wouldn't case it, that's for sure. There was there was a couple of big bikes cased it, and oh man, like I thought they were, I thought they were going over the bars. You Some know, bikes like, didn't even land on top; like they actually landed like into the face of the tabletop down ramp. You should say that. Yeah, that looked like that one would have hurt. Yeah, yeah, it was um, very, very sharp sort of edge on the on the top of the down ramp. Yeah, it was yeah. <laughs> it was sketchy. Yeah, that's for, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And um, a, a, a really good buzz about it, though, Steve. Um, uh, some of the people were obviously it's a, it was a smaller event, and, and they the promoters, Mick Sinclair, who is a champion, he uh, him and his team, uh, you know, copped a bit of flack about how small that track was, but it was just an amazing environment there, and the the the, the people in the grandstands were basically like just there, you know, like the. Uh, yeah, probably a real buzz around it and um, a good good feeling and everyone was close to the action. So um, that was that was definitely a good uh, environment and good place to be at, even though uh, some of the keyboard warriors gave it a bit of a hard time. Yeah, I thought Adelaide was cool, man. Like, I, th I thought it was cool. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if most of the people who complained were probably – Probably ones younger, young enough to not remember when that was the norm. Yeah. You know, for me, it was like this is what Aussie Supercross used to look like. Yeah. You know, because it was all in little, little. It was all and it was all on um, tennis courts and basketball stadiums. You know, yeah. at yeah. one stage, and that that was probably the height of Australian Supercross is when it was running in places like that. You know. Um, Chad Reed talking about how he had his first Supercross race there as well. And, um, mm. you know, Matt was saying about how this was just like the normal track. Like there's no such thing as Newcastle or Melbourne yet. So, yeah. 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 So I thought it was cool. You know, I, I can see if you were younger and you, you didn't remember that and you um, and you'd sort of been used to, you know, watching a lot of American stuff and you sort of, you didn't. Um, you wouldn't have got sentimental about the little track and the little stadium like like yeah. uh, people of my age do. So, but anyway, I thought it was cool. Um, the only thing I really thought about Adelaide was because like a couple of mates missed the final just because purely on the amount of gates and the you know. So that that was the only thing. But you know, they um, they knew that coming in that it was going to be hard to make the final. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when it's you know you've only got. Um, 10, 10 gates, you know, so. Yeah, well, uh, the pressure on uh, Mossy as well, you know, like only over the 10 gates and it's a big drive down to Adelaide knowing that you've only got the 10 gates and it only takes a little a little hiccup to happen and uh, you could miss out and um, obviously Matt went through that, uh, I guess, the stress of, you know, not making the final just because there's not a lot of gates and not as many as normal, you know. Yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Cool, cool. Um, as far as training goes, man, I, I reckon I know the answer, but um, are you for a young fellow, are you self-driven? Um, Obviously, you got dad dad cracking the whip and Mossy cracking the whip, <laughs> but are you a self-driven kid? Um, I very do much um, like the grind, as um, we like to call it. Um, so just training off the bike and swimming and running and like uh going to the gym and stuff like that it's, um it is something that i very much like to do um and then like it's obviously just the reward during the week when you come the weekend rolls around and you finally can get like jump on the bike and head down to narrow and just um cut a couple of motos and um yeah it's i really do much like it yeah yeah cool cool that's the way because I think that's a um, 
you know, I'm not surprised to hear you say that. And I think that's a that's a real separator of of um, especially dudes when they get to about your age. I reckon that's where there's a real separation in in whether they're um, yeah when when they when you all all the little ones are all got to have a bit of push from mum and dad, you know, because you yeah. you're little, you you're distracted and that, you know. Yeah. But I think once you get to your age, that's where it really shows, um, you know, where whether a kid's um, self driven or not. I think that's pretty awesome, and I could sort of. Um, I'm not surprised that uh, that you are, man. Yeah. 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 It's, um, there's definitely a lot of discipline needed. Um, yeah. Just uh, like mum and dad kept me away from all those distractions when I was younger, but I feel like when like now there's even more distractions like from the outside, like, you know, this is obviously in a bit like more of a time, but, you know, do you want to go to the pub or something like that or, you know, have a hit of this vape or something like that, you know, just these kind of modern times that we're in. So um, it's, uh, well, I, I don't think it's hard myself, but it's, um, you know, all these distractions, it's um, you got to keep your mind uh, disciplined, I guess, to um, all these distractions around you. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. All the top riders in the sport at the moment have a dad who is very much part of the part of the scene so john tomac darren lawrence brian deegan yeah um kia is it kia kia sexton i think kia is his name Not sure um Chase yeah something like that yeah kia yeah. sexton you know they're all very much part of the scene yeah and very much steering a lot of the noise away from the um you know from their uh from their sons so yeah yeah that, um that's obviously did you do you, uh, mick do you look at any of those parents and think about how they've gone about things or um not not as much as i uh, probably uh would expect i guess it's between uh you know both claire and i doing a full-time job and um you know running a household and you know family and and then this uh, sport, which has turned into a lifestyle, like it, it <laughs> certainly soaks up a lot of your time and keeps you busy. And um, if there's something, you know, a book or a podcast or uh, a story, I guess, that I have time to sit down and read or an audio book or whatever, I definitely uh, do it. And especially mm. the driving we do to get to some of the events. So I'll either listen to uh, books or uh, whatever. But I think... Um, just generally bringing kids up we've always Claire and I've always said you Jack's got to be a good human first and he's got to try hard at school uh, and then we'll put the effort into uh, match his effort in in his sport of uh, being motorbike so as long as he checks those first two boxes um, and he keeps putting in the effort then we'll do our best to match his effort and um, I guess if we see him being distracted uh, we, we'd be pretty harsh regardless uh, if he was going to do something that we thought was silly uh, yeah. thing that Jack mentioned is unfortunately uh, big with his uh, kids his age and younger. And, um, you know, we know that's going to be have an adverse effect in a few years on these poor buggers that have got nothing else to do and they're doing that sort of stuff, you know. Like that's that's not going to be good for them in a few years' time. And I think regardless, you know, we'd, we'd be doing our best to keep the kids away from that sort of rubbish. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I like everything I'm hearing there. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> no, yeah, the years are doing a good job. What What do you do for a day job, Mick? I uh, I got a government job, a public servant job here in New South Wales, and um, I think that keeps me on the straight and narrow. So um, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, Claire's uh, a real estate agent, so that's you know she's doing 60, 70 hours a week, you know, doing that. So it's you know, it's like we're ships at the night sometimes, just trying to keep the family running and keep them focused. And, uh, yeah, like, um, yeah, putting the effort in, I suppose. Like, we want to be good parents first uh, and then just do our best to keep them off the streets and interested in, um, you know, sport and being healthy. Yeah. And you've got, so you said you've got a younger sibling. You've got a... Yeah. yeah uh, his, his name's Rusty. He's a, he's a little bugger, really. He's... Um, <laughs> He likes to annoy me, that's for sure. Rusty, is that is it is it actually Rusty or is it Rusty? Is he a Russell or? Uh, it's uh, he's 
actual name's Rusty, so I think, that's awesome. I like it. Yeah, oh. I think I named him actually. So <laughs> did you? Um, yeah. Even better. I thought yeah. it was a cool name. So it is a cool name. Yeah, Jack, yeah. Jack did come up with the name Steve, and yeah, before he was born, he's going, "No, it's going to be a boy, and it's going to be Rusty." And <laughs> to start with, we were like, "That's a bit unusual," you know, a bit of a surfy brand or whatever. But after a while, we it, it become normal and. Um, Rusty is uh, living the dream, mate. He's, uh, he just lives Rusty's best life and does whatever he wants to do. and Gets to travel overseas and stuff like that. Yeah, he's, he, uh, he come overseas with us and uh, all going to plan. Him and his mum will be coming over to America for the couple of the races we're about to do. And, um, yeah, we think Rusty's going to end up being a commentator and uh, be right up Daniel's alley, I reckon. Like he's, uh, yeah. you know, hanging around motorbikes now and he wants to do commentary. and. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up giving uh, DV a run for his money at some point. Jeez, look out. Hey, he might be able to get a bit of advice once he's over there. Huh? Yeah, Daniel doesn't know this yet, yet but we're going we're gonna, to uh, lay it on him and just tell him that uh, he's going to have a little protege following in his footsteps. Yeah. You know what? I reckon he'll love that. <laughs> I reckon he'll love it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. No, that's good. That's good, man. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um. And school, man. So, what what um, subjects at school? What's your um, you know, what's your favourite, and what are you best at? Um, well, I don't know if you call it a subject, but definitely PE or sport. Um, <laughs> so I don't really like any other stuff. If I'm completely honest with you, um, um, sport is just I don't know how, but I actually didn't get an A in sport this this year or this term, um, but Got an A in English, I think it was. But, um, yeah, sport's definitely my favourite, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Is there one that you particularly just hate? Oh, pro- probably math, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really like math. It's, um, it's, uh, I have to use my brain too much. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny, Steve, he, he said he doesn't like it. But he just—he's uh, got his mum's brains. He's just naturally good at maths, and uh, he's even uh, represented the school in uh, mathematic competitions and stuff like that. But yet he—he's sitting here saying he doesn't like it, but yeah. uh, seems to do all right at it. And uh, I think uh, Japanese, he did well this uh, this term. No, like... yeah, I don't understand anything, but <laughs> I, I just copied it off the board basically, and she'll be right. I remember my kids. My kids uh, were. Both the at their primary school, they both had to do Japanese for a while. It was just an automatic thing. Yeah. And I was like, "Come, cool, I need need one of you to learn this real good because because I'm into vintage bikes. And I reckon there'd be heaps of good vintage parts in Japan. Yeah. Um, that um that'd be laying around, but it you can't track them down unless you can read read Japanese. <laughs> and so I, I was like, you "Learn it really good, so we could get on Japanese eBay and track down parts of yeah. bikes." Yeah, but they they never did, so I've never been able to do that. So, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, awesome, awesome. And any other sports, Jack? You know, like you probably don't have time. I'm guessing, but uh, yeah, I like to. Um, a couple of my mates, uh, uh, me and them ride mountain bikes whenever we can. Um, uh, and uh, that's probably my go-to skate park or downhill or something like that but um uh my then probably got a tennis court up at their farm so uh like to play a bit of that as well so i don't really like footy or any of that kind of stuff but um yeah that's probably my main stuff that i like yeah mostly stuff with wheels hey yeah just, to, uh, yeah <laughs> tends just, to be the go being on my brother's a pretty good sport as well so uh, yeah. <laughs> that's all right how old is rusty is he riding as well or uh he's 10 he did ride but um doesn't necessarily do it that much anymore so uh, yeah. i think he's just i don't know like dad said must be a bit of a commentator now or something like that yeah that's all right that's all right yeah man like you know riding's um riding's not uh, not for everyone uh, Mum and Dad would probably actually like sigh of relief because uh, <laughs> imagine imagine having two of you going at it like you are. Right? That'd yeah. be. Uh... Rusty used to uh, go 
go out and do races, Steve, and he'd come back in and tell us how many magpies and kookaburras and whatever else he saw. Like he'd still manage to, you know, at times get a top five or a top seven or eight and he'd come in and say there's a kookaburra over there and a magpie there and just had this uh, weird uh, ability to look everywhere but the racetrack and still do reasonably well. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny, you know, like there's – you never know. There's stories like that about Malcolm Stewart and about Jeremy Martin. So, oh, yeah. yeah, so younger brothers, you know, they used to say, like, um, you know, Murky when he was little, he'd be just interested in everything else that was going on, more interested in going fishing, um, you know, just playing, all that sort of thing. And 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 I've heard um, Alex Martin talking about Jeremy when he was – he was a little little bloke. He was just like, you know, just this little kid that was always eaten and just, you know, not not too interested. And and they both um sort of turned it around once they got a bit older. So you never know. Rusty might uh, might end up picking it up. Yeah. Do you wanna Rusty, do you wanna come and say hello to Steve? We we're just talking about you. Can you come in and say good day, Steve? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Two of us and say hello to Steve, mate. Hi, Steve. Hey, Rusty. How are you, man? Good. <laughs> Good. So you want to be a commentator like Daniel Blair? I don't know. Uh, my mum and dad are just saying that I should be. <laughs> hey? Yeah. Well, we, when, you, when you get to meet him, yeah, you just tell him Aussie Steve said that he's going to give you some tips on being a commentator. Yeah. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> as quiet as what you'll ever see him, I reckon. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Uh, that, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah, cool. 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 Um I've got some probably uh let me think. I'm just trying to think. I've got all my random questions. I'm trying to think which ones are good for young fellas. Yeah. Um I don't think you want to hear um Jack singing, mate. So uh <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I know you've done that to some of your guests before. Yeah, yeah. At the end, we always give a, a bit of that. Um, let me think. So here's, here's – I'll change him up a bit. Who's your – like, who's your favourite AMA rider? Like, who's your – you know, when who's the guy you really want to meet over there? Well, I want to say Jet. Yep. Um, or Hunter. I'd like to see them both, actually, meet them both. But – if we put them aside, because they're definitely number one and two, yeah, I reckon I definitely would want to meet either Eli Tomac or Chase Sexton. I reckon um, they're definitely my like number one um, like American people that I want to go see um, and meet. I was actually um, lucky enough Matt organised it, but um, he's got a video of Eli Tomac and he's like. Um, hey jack and just like had a like sick message for me and it was like he sent it to us and we're like heaps stoked about um like you know never think that eli Tomac could be saying my name so um yeah and um pretty cool yeah dean wilson as well i i have met him i did meet him at um uh what's his name i was super cross but still looking for one of his jerseys so uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. Oh well, yeah. Geez, you have to hit. Up. I don't know. Do you know Yareev? Yareev's probably got plenty of them. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you have to. Um, you have to hit oh, him up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a go. And what about? Um, so, have you been to watch any races in the in the United States? Uh no, yeah. but that's definitely on the bucket list. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I definitely. I would have liked to go see. Um, uh, Las Vegas or like the Monster Cup, that that probably would have been the one that I wanted to go see. But yeah, do you know why that they stopped doing them? Um, so the it it's uh, because of the stadium. So um, yeah, I can't remember the exact details, but they've they've yeah. just built a new stadium in Vegas for yeah. the for where the uh, where the Raiders play. Yeah. And yeah, so something to do with the stadium. I think there might have been they knocked down the old stadium or whatever. But yeah, something to do with that. Yeah. Um, why that? Um, why that stopped? And then I guess probably um, COVID probably compounded all of that and yeah, as well. But yeah, anything the, definitely the, go see Anaheim one. I reckon that'd be some pretty big hype around that race. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty pumped, man. I'm counting down the days till I head over there for I'm going. <laughs> I'm going. So yeah. That'll be um that'll be pretty uh pretty awesome. Yeah. That's, Have uh, you... that's part of the Mardo Heads um uh crew you're going over there with, too. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the um bunch of us all the uh all the main event moto uh you know or, or not all but yeah a big bunch of um of the the keen listeners and and uh, quite a few of us have become really good friends you know yeah and so we're all um yeah meeting up over there and that sort of thing that'll be um cool have you guys been to america yet or no this is our first yeah. time over there yeah Wow. So yeah. So straight into uh, straight. So straight to Dallas. You said. Yeah, Dallas is where we fly into. Yeah. 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 And then just, I think it's Texas, Missouri, and um, can't remember, is Springfield in Missouri as well? I don't know how to pronounce it. Where's Springfield? Mm. Springfield's the last of the four races that we're doing, and then okay, I think that might be Texas. I can't remember. Then we've got to make our way back to Dallas to fly out of Dallas. So, yeah, it's a pretty cool round trip. And, um, yeah, like we said at the start of the podcast, Daniel's made it um, made it possible, really. Without his help, there's just no way uh, a couple of uh, dudes from Australia can jump on a plane and just rock up and, and give this a go. Like uh, he's, you know, transporting bikes for us, uh, assisting with training tracks and, yeah, like, it's an amazing opportunity and I really don't think that we could have made it happen without his support. It's been, it's been fantastic. Yeah. He's a very good dude. Very good. Um, are you, you, I guess you're probably chasing, um, you know, sponsors for while you're over there. Like, um, you know, obviously, um, Orange Brigade's helping you out and that sort of thing, but you also sort of chasing some sponsors up while you're over there. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, that's obviously um, definitely something that would be, like, really amazing. But, um, you know, whether that, hap- that happens or not is um, a whole different other level. So, yeah, I'm yeah, not really sure. Yeah, like like anyone, I guess, Steve, we're, uh, I guess you'd say we're a privateer or mum and dad team. Yeah. Um, We've uh, been lucky to have some uh, private sponsors help us, uh, the people that Jack mentioned already, and um, but we've never had like a, a factory ride or anything like that. I mean, Jack's only 14, but um, yeah, if, if we're lucky enough to go over there and turn a few heads and get some assistance, and um, yeah, it would just make the, the dream easier to achieve, I guess, because um, it's not cheap and uh, you've got to put a lot of hours and yeah, so if we if we're lucky enough to, I guess, put on a decent show when we get over there, and then we're hoping that um, the level of training that Jack gets at the moment with uh, Matt wherever we can to going over there and potentially training two or three days a week or four days a week uh, that would elevate his um, riding. That that's what sort of made us make the inquiries in the first place. Just looking for more more training opportunities. Yeah, cool. Do you? I know you have an Instagram account and that sort of thing. Are you going to do any sort of um, up, sort of up the the social game with like, um, you know, like just the, the, easy for me to say because I'm into all this stuff. But you know, like a, with the sort of adve- it's a real adventure you're doing. You know, it's a good story, a good adventure. People love that stuff. So, you know, if you were geared up to to like do a a, a vlog of of your adventure and that sort of thing, you know, yeah. all that sort of stuff, you know, you've, you've got a great personality for a young fella. You speak really well, like to get into that sort of thing. That's um, that goes a long way with um, sponsors and opportunities and that sort of thing. As much, as much as your results do, you know, as you, yeah. as you see, like you see a guy like, you know, like Dean Wilson at the tail end of his AMA career has a huge following and a, and a huge, you know, um, personal sponsors, all this sort of thing. Um, and then the other end of the scale, not not to pick on him, but you get a really quiet guy like like a Justin Cooper who's on a factory factory ride, but, you know, doesn't have any sort of uh, – if his results weren't there, he'd be, you know, by the wayside, like, like what's happened to, you know, some other, you know, quieter guys that lost a factory ride. So, you know, it's definitely worth leaning into that um, – personality you have and um you know getting into um showing that to the world and and you know doing doing vlogs and 
uh, especially showing the adventure of traveling halfway across the world and yeah. hiring an RV and and going yeah. to yeah. going to race like that's that's a that's cool yeah it's a really cool story so I definitely yeah. like um jumping on the good old YouTube and watching the the tube that's for sure Dean Wilson's uh yeah vlog that he does so that's um yeah, yeah. actually that's a real good idea so maybe but yeah yeah definitely on the Christmas list so hopefully. Yeah, and you don't, it doesn't have to be, you know, just. I mean, look at how Dean does it. It doesn't have to be professionally edited, perfect stuff. It's more about, um, you know, the content and the, and and pe getting people to buy into your your story of um, yeah. of what you're up to. I'd um, imagine uh, if we're lucky enough to, you know, make it happen and it all goes well, that uh, whether it be people Jack's age uh, or older or younger, that um, hopefully we can prove as uh, a normal mum and dad type team that. You can just sort of put it all on the line and go over there and give it a go. And uh, yep. with Daniel's help, and uh, he's you know got other people on board. There's um, uh, suspension solutions that are helping us out, and uh, they've put us in touch with uh, Lynx Racing, and uh, yeah, just to supply some bits and pieces. It is uh, Jake from Suspension Solutions already offered to to help us out to make things easier for me and the short time that we have, and uh, I guess. As, as with what Daniel's doing, creating a pathway for other countries, you know, like Australia, to be able to go to the States and, and make it happen without uh, having to go over there on a factory ride sort of thing, you know. You can get over there and, and just give it a crack. Awesome. I love it, man. Yeah. Heaps of opportunity. Heaps of opportunity. Yeah. What other questions have we got here for you? Um, what... Uh, What is the no? Nah, this one here. What was your favourite moment of the year in the AMA Supercross? What was your favourite thing in the AMA Supercross or, or motocross? So, so throughout the twenty twenty three AMA year, what was your very your favourite like moment of a? Of... Um, I can tell you my least favourite moment because that's the one that I remember. But that's when um Eli Tomac snapped his Achilles leading the championship. That's definitely my yeah. least favourite moment. Same. Um. Oh, I can't quite remember actually. It might have been in the two fifties when um, it might have been the two fifty East West Showdown or something like that. Can't quite remember, but um, it was definitely a two fifty moment that I liked. And um, um, was an RJ um, sliding in on Jet? Oh on yeah, that was actually good. Yeah, that one there. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's um, no, that, that's my second favorite moment of the year. It's the yeah. funniest moment of the year, and yeah. it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, was that Muddy RJ? Sen um, that, yeah, that was uh, that was sensational. There was yeah. um, also like another one was um, just sort of it then. Um, uh, what's his name? Hayden Deegan when he um, what's his name won the. The Super Motocross Championship. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually would have liked Joe Shimoda to win, but um, just thought it was cool that Hayden Deegan won. So yeah, I'm a big Joe fan, so I did want Joe to win. But I like I like Hayden as well. I agree. He's, yeah. he's awesome. That that the the first outdoor race that like Hayden's yeah, first Fox, moto win. Um, Fox, where was that Fox Race? Yeah, I can't can't remember. Yeah, but it sort of come out of nowhere, and he's just like whipped everyone yeah it's like a real um it was a real moment of arrival it's like wow this yeah. this kid's for real you know like we already knew he was good but damn he's good so yeah and then like obviously i kind of just overlooked this one but jet going undefeated obviously in the uh motocross series because that's pretty cool to think that and also just went undefeated in um in the ama supercross so that's I mean, AMA motocross, so that's obviously really cool as well. It's unbelievable, really, yeah. isn't it? Like, yeah, because because it's a long season. You sort of we got used to the idea. Yeah, yeah. So it was a little bit anticlimactic because you sort of in the end, it in the end, it was more like, I oh, just just hang just get hang on, get it done. You just wanted it was like a box ticked, just get it done, because yeah. the whole world knows you deserve it. Yeah, um, but. You know, when he was sort of, you know, eight, ten motos in, and it's like, 
wow, this could really happen. You know, that was pretty exciting then. Yeah. And, um, you know, like you just, yeah. And like everyone always said, no, nah, it'll never happen again, never happen again. Well, you know, like it just did. So there's no no such thing, you know. He could do it again next year. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty stiff competition as well, so it makes it even more oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It uh I'm I'm so glad Eli's back, man. Yeah, same. Yeah. It's cool to see thing his first Instagram post or whatever back on the bike. So mm. that's obviously real cool. Because I wanna see, you know, I always love the I I don't I, I say I say sometimes I'm a I'm being a bad Aussie because I don't want Jet to dominate the Supercross. I want I want a battle. Yeah. I want, you know, like I want um I want all those you know I want all the contenders battling all year because it's a, you know I'll, I'll, I'm always there for what the best story is. You know. Yeah, yeah it's um, one of those things that uh, I can't watch the motocross or supercross if a drink in my hand because i always spill it like you know like it's just too exciting you know you're throwing your stuff around but yeah, yeah it, it's going to be a great battle i think with uh chase on the kdn this year and you know jed and hunter and you know eli back uh you know and kenny's obviously always sniffing around so yeah um anaheim one's going to be awesome like uh can't wait did you hear um did you hear the talk about um like uh Anderson opened up about his struggles on the Cowie last year or this year. No, no uh, I didn't see that. It was um, it's really odd, man. So, because like you know, um, coming out of um twenty two, like Anderson was very close to winning the title. You know, he um he won seven races. You know, and he really took it to Eli and like early, this time last year, a lot of people were tipping Anderson for the title. You know. And then it all just didn't work out. Um, in the 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 preseason, um, what do they call it? Um, oh, it's got a flash name, but basically the media day. Um, they uh, he opened up about it, and apparently he was Kelly was using that. Um, I always get the always get it around the wrong way. The BFRC, BRFC, you know that that shock basically that Sexton loves. That Kelly decided to use that. And um, basically, yeah, in short, Anderson um, couldn't trust the bike and couldn't get used to it. And they sort of had him running that shock all year and it basically screwed his Supercross season. Yeah. So, um, it's funny you hear things like that and you're just like, oh, because everyone's got all the theories about, you know, you know, this and that and the other. And in the end, it was just they changed the damn bike and the bike was no good. Yeah. yeah that, that also always blows me away like, why wouldn't you just go back to what you had in 22 when it was awesome? You know, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Like, especially if it, well, I don't understand why you'd run it for the, the whole season. Like, why wouldn't you go back to that after yeah. that one or whatever? Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? But I, I think sometimes, uh, yeah, sometimes the factory teams are very, just very rigid on on bike stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, that into yeah. the, recent uh main event moto and i was saying that jason's been a bit on the quiet side you know not much coming from him of late so hopefully he's worked something out yeah yeah because i mean man like you you see him in that 22 form and he's right in the mix with um all 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 the other guys we've just been mentioning so yeah yeah yeah. um it's pretty cool and then we've got guys like prado coming over and like i reckon i'll do well too yeah, I hope he does because yeah. it's yeah, it's cool if he does, you know? yeah. Yeah. It, um, the the more the merrier, you know. Like um, yeah, like I said, so I I, I sort of fear that Jet's just going to whip everyone's ass, um, which is yeah, well, it's cool as an Aussie, but as a fan of the sport who likes to watch battles and see yeah. different contenders and all that sort of thing, it's not so cool. So, yeah. but anyway, yeah, we'll um. We'll see what happens there, eh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I reckon uh let's let's find another one more um one more question for you. Um here's a good one. Here's a good one. So you're 14. Yeah. But what's so what's your best piece of advice to a uh maybe to a a kid that's just jumped on a 65 and is 
really keen? Um, well, I think a good idea is probably to get a head start on the uh, off the bike training. I feel like that's what really uh, elevated my riding. Um, and then just, you know, along with that comes like getting in the gym, maybe not necessarily in the gym, but maybe for Christmas or something, you know, get a set of weights or something like that. And then obviously the eating and like, I don't know, protein intake and stuff like that. And um, like the mindsets also I find is a massive, massive benefit to your riding. Like um, that could be a, a sports psych or something like that that can – help you with your um, mindset towards racing or, or just towards, you know, it could be anything really, training, eating, uh, heaps of stuff. But, um, yeah, I feel like that's the main focus, uh, I mean, main piece of advice uh, as well as uh, keep, like, always 100% effort, like, the whole time, you know. Um, it's always well and good to have a break, but um, I feel like it's always, yeah, always have to be giving 100% in, to everything that you do and um, just to say disciplined, I guess, is um, uh, also another really good thing. I feel like it would be a good piece of advice. So, yeah, that's about it really. Cool, man. I love it. That's awesome. How's that, Mick? I was just thinking, I think he, I think he nailed that, mate. Yeah. He knocked that out of the park. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, cool. Um. Have you guys got any questions, any topics, anything you want to bring up? Or? Um, I don't have any really. No, I think uh, I think we've covered uh, your questions and um, given us a chance to say some things. We pretty well covered off on most of the things that we were expecting that might pop up during the, the podcast. But um, I know I'd certainly like to thank everybody that helped has helped us for uh, this year, 2023, and, and anyone else that has helped us along the way because uh, yeah. any money we've saved by people helping us out, we've put back into the program, whether it's diesel to get to the next race or uh, another helmet or another set of goggles or whatever it is. And um, we're hoping that we get some uh, more support going into the 24 season. We're uh, chatting with a few different people about that now. So hopefully... Um, yeah, we, we can continue uh, attracting a bit of support to help make it all happen. But you got any then, um, then probably also just, um, I don't really need to shout him out, but Chad Reed for obviously the amazing opportunity for bringing back 85s into the Oz Supercross. Like, um, like, I feel like that's boosted um, my career um, and I feel like, like that's obviously just... I'm really stoked that he's bringing it back, really. And um, just, yeah, like the Oz Supercross was just a sick um, just event for me in total and mixing Claire, the organiser, and all that. Like I got to do a couple of opening ceremonies and stuff. So that was like the hype around the 85 class was huge. So um, to be a part of that was also like a huge, um, you could say achievement, but is um, a very cool experience for sure. It was very cool, man. Very, very cool to um to see um it happening, and very cool to see Chad. You can just see Chad just so just genuinely, really um involved and really just just yeah. stoked about it. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, you could just see the passion in his in his face, you know, in his body language whenever he talked about it and that sort of thing. So yeah, and then um it also um. It attracted some, obviously, some very uh, good competition, like Tate Reed, Chad's son, and um, Levi Townley, Ben Townley's son. Like, you know, they're, they're definitely no slouches. They definitely know how to ride a bike. So it was um, also real cool to meet them as well. So uh, just this whole experience is just so sick to be around. Yeah, I can see, uh, like, I've, I've, I've heard whispers also, but... I can see, yeah, international riders coming, yeah. for, coming to do that series for twenty four. Yeah, yeah, no, um, uh, an amazing experience. Unfortunately, I can't do it next year because I'm um too old. I'm getting pretty old, but um, <laughs> right, oh yeah. But um, yeah, I, I reckon it'll be real cool next year. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. 
All right, man. So you know how we 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 you know how we wrap it up then. So uh, already you already said you're not too keen on singing, but uh, no. if either of you knows the chorus to the gambler. Oh, uh, funny enough, Jack just got taught that uh, the what the gambler. You know the um, uh, Kenny Ro Kenny Rogers in it. Kenny Rogers, that's yeah, it. Yeah. The, the gambling song. Right? <laughs> <That is> song. <laughs> uh, We'll give so him a crack, Steve, and see how he goes. I'll just slide into the into into the into a verse, and then uh, and then if you want to join into the chorus, you just jump on in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for having us, anyway, Steve. No worries. So I handed him my bottle, and he drank down my last swallow. <laughs> then he bombed a cigarette and asked me for a light, and the night got deathly quiet, and his face lost all expression. Said if you're gonna play the game, boy, you gotta learn to play it right. You got to know when to hold them, <laughs> know <laughs> when to fold them, <laughs> know when to walk away, know when to run. <laughs> you never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough for counting. I've got the rest <laughs> when the dealing's done. <laughs> That's all right, man. I, I wasn't I wasn't expecting a fourteen year old to be across the gambler. It's it's funny. You only just listened to it like a week or a week, or two weeks I ago. Don't remember listening to it? Yeah, so it must have a pretty short memory. <laughs> I'll remind him later, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you learn learn those for next time, hey. Eh? Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, Jack, Mick, thank you very much for coming on the show, and right. thank you to anybody who has listened. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you, thank you, thank you.